Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of Game, Game Dev's, Dev's Quest. Game <laughs> Quest. Uh, <laughs> we are your uh, once-weekly podcast, or as close to once-weekly as we can possibly get, um, where we t- hold your hand and guide you through the milieu of game dev, uh, game development for the layman. Um we are basically like your Middle Earth tour guide, right? That's a good way. We are the Middle Earth tour guide of game development, if Middle Earth was game development. Where where are we starting? Like, the Shire, I guess? Uh, Yeah, right? <laughs> Probably. Where, the Shire. where are the most beginner people? I guess the Shire, since the Hobbits like don't even know what's going on with, like... You know the, Shire... the wars between like the orcs and humans and yeah, the Shire is and... definitely like a level one zone. Yeah, all right. And they're the ones that are going to need tour guides the most. Unless and... unless unless you're touring the Shire, dude. But I guess that's pro. We're probably in the Shire, like touring the Shire. We're just now leaving Hobbiton. Yeah, we took them to the Prancing Pony just to show them like how fucked up life is out there. Yeah. And <laughs> and then they're like, all right, take us back to the Shire. That's just fucked up. <laughs> like, let's go back to Buckleberry Ferry and head on back to... Uh... <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, that that's who we are. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm one, of your, I'm one of your tour guides. I'm Rhett. I'm uh, the other tour guide. My name's Taylor. Thanks for joining us. AKA Carmelo Underbottom. No, it was a Car- Carmelo Angmar Brandybuck. That's my Oh. Uh, what was your better. name? I don't know if I ever had one. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, just call me Angmar. All right, Angmar. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, that's who we are. Anyways, we're just going to jump right in this week. Uh, let's talk about our challenges real quick. Taylor, how'd you do? Dude, last my challenge was my favorite challenge I've done this entire time that we've been podcasting. Uh, so my challenge was uh, to play some classic video games, and uh, I've had a Raspberry Pi since like 2012, I think. I have uh, <laughs> one of the first gen, like Model B, I think is what it is. It has like 512 megs of RAM on it. It's like a 700-something <laughs> megahertz processor. Um, but I did some research last week, and uh, there's a really cool um, operating system called RetroPie. Uh, it's like just another flavor of Arch Linux, I think. And uh, basically, all it is is um, an OS that runs all kinds of emulators and when you install it on your Pi um, you know you have it plugged into the TV or whatever and then you just get kind of a menu screen where um, if you have games for like different systems you can choose between the system like NES, SNES, Sega whatever 
and then you get into a menu screen and you have like all your games for that system and you can just play them right there. Um, so I spent like most of my day on Saturday, which is like my Sunday basically, um, installing that, checking out a bunch of games. Um, and then I just started like playing the crap out of them. At first I was, uh, using a wireless keyboard, um, that I have. And that was okay. It like gave me a taste of it. And like, as soon as I played, you know, one game, I was like, dude, I got to get a controller. Um, <laughs> so I was following this, uh, life hackers guide on how to set up the OS and everything. And they recommended this one controller that I ended up buying. Um, it was only like 20 buck- bucks. It has a, uh, almost like a six foot cord, which like when I first started playing, I was like, dang, I wish I would have got wireless, but I, kind of rigged it up so that the pie like sits at the foot of my bed and then like the cords long enough so that I could lay in bed and play. And it's like, nice. dude, it's just so awesome. Uh, oh. And so like, I got a whole bunch of games that I was just testing out, whatever. Um, but the one that really like grabbed my attention that I've been playing quite a bit is Chrono Trigger for the SNES. I am so happy, dude. I was telling all my friend, you know, my brother and his friends on our discord channel, I was just like, Dude, Taylor gets to play fucking Chrono Trigger for the first time, and everybody's like, "Oh man, like, I wish <laughs> I could play it for the first time." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Um, and what's crazy, because like growing up, you know, I had a Sega Genesis. Um, that was my my first console, um, and I had like, you know, several games. I had like Sonic Two, um, this one like dinosaur game. I had Street Fighter Two, which is definitely one of my favorite classic games. Um, but I I missed the boat on Nintendo. Like, I've never owned a Nintendo system other than a Game Boy. Um, and so, like, I never really played Zelda. I never really played Mario. I mean, I, I, I've played them before, but not, like, you know, gone through and put hours into them. So it's really exciting. Like, and, like... If you know me, I really like to get my money's worth out of things, and I don't like buying unnecessary things and just, like, wasting things. And so the fact that I haven't done a whole lot with my Raspberry Pi, like, now that I have a cool use for it and I'm actually, like, utilizing it, just feels so good. I'm, like, excited to be playing. I'm excited to use it. Um, And now I'm even considering, like... um, a little ways down the line picking up a newer raspberry pi because like the the newest one the raspberry pi like three version b or whatever has like double the ram and like yeah it's so it has powerful a, it has a freaking quad core processor in it dude like yeah i so one of the games on uh on my pi that i tried playing was Star Fox for the snes and it can't even do Star Fox, like, and that's oh no, that's like a pretty for the SNES, like that's a pretty graphic intensive game, uh, and I was kind of sad that it it couldn't do it. Um, I also before I played Star Fox, I downloaded a couple sixty four games, and yeah. uh, it it could not do those at what, all. What did you get on the sixty four? Uh, Ocarina of Time, of course. Of course. Um. You know, Mario 64. Of course. Uh, Sma- Super Smash Brothers. Like, of course. Yeah. Okay. So just I, like the musts. Yeah. And I just grabbed a couple of them just to tr- to test it out. And like I opened Ocarina of Time 
And you know, like the the beginning cutscene or whatever that they show, yeah. where Link is like riding the horse, it was like frame by frame, just like, oh, you know. And I was like, damn, I can't play this. Um, but you were saying you have a newer Raspberry Pi, right? Yeah. Well, I got the Model Three, uh, or you know, the Raspberry Pi Three Model B, yeah, uh, which is just like the basic thirty-five dollar one. Um, I I begged and borrowed and. Uh, actually, me and my brother, we, um, for Christmas, like, we always just get each other, like, you know, whatever. Usually, uh, it's traditionally always been a game. Yeah. But this year, I said, like, I really want a Raspberry Pi. Um, and so I bought him a game, and he bought me a Raspberry Pi. So it was nice. uh, pretty great. Um, and well, I honestly don't use it for much at the moment, like, because I've had all of my, I've had my eyes on these projects, you know, but I tinker around with it a lot, like at yeah. least once a week, you know, like oh, just that's fucking cool. with it. And yeah. See, I, I've done like several things with mine. Like the, the most useful thing I did with it was I was helping Kurt, one of our buddies, um, with his website. He has kind of mm-hmm. like a blog that he set up and uh, he was using squarespace i think as like his host or whatever and uh he was having some issues with it and he asked for some help so i like started rebuilding his website from scratch and i ended up installing apache uh like web server on my raspberry pi and just hosting his website that i was building there um which was really cool it was nice because you know the raspberry pi like if you if you have it plugged in for the whole year, it's like eight dollars in electricity, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Right. Um, it's not like super powerful or anything. Like if you're getting tons of traffic, it wouldn't work very well. But uh, it was kind of cool to at least be using it for that. Um, so that's probably the coolest thing I've done with it until the RetroPie. Yeah. Um, but I was gonna say like since you have the three B or whatever, like yours is way more powerful than mine i bet you could run 64 games yeah probably or i could just plug in my 64 or that but it's not as cool (laughs) it's not as cool man you're not like making it (laughs) way cooler um (laughs) no um i actually yeah hearing your experience with it is like inspired me because i've been thinking about doing a retro pie for a long time and uh but just you know didn't i don't know why but uh, how big is your SD card? I only have eight gig. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So I do too. Well, the um, the crazy thing is, like, especially because I can pretty much only run like, you know, Sega, SNES, and NES, and down, you know, and those yeah. games are tiny. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure like well, Mario was like 36 kilobytes. <laughs> yeah, you know? I have every SNES game, so. Well, so I yeah, I have like a ROM package with every uh, not SNES, just regular NES, mm-hmm. um, with every NES game made and the emulator itself, and it's 600 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's <laughs> it's just funny. Which is like um, the size of like a tiny game nowadays. Yeah. But uh, I might do that. You know, I do have a bunch of ROMs and stuff that I have on my uh, PC, and so I'll just hook my PC up to my TV and like. I have a, a controller okay, that I can cool. use. So, like, that's generally what I've been doing. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll give the RetroPie a chance and check it out. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of games that uh, I'd love to play. And and um, I don't know. Hearing about your experience really excited me. Like, I really want to go back through Chrono Trigger now. Because that oh, is, yeah, like, dude. 
I mean, that game is just so great. And then Final Fantasy VI, which is just, uh, it's just another amazing one. Um, what I want to hear about your experiences with the games, though, not just the retro pie. Yeah. Like, t- take me through like some of the games you played. Like, um, well, I mean, let's see. So you tried Star Fox. It didn't work. I mean, did yeah. you, you played Mario, I hope? Yeah, I played uh, a little bit of several different Mario games. Um, and uh, I mean, like NES, game, NES games are cool, especially on my Pi, because they just run flawlessly. Like yeah. on, on Chrono Trigger, um, you know, kind of like the map screen? Yeah, the over overworld yeah it's there's something a little bit odd about it like there's these kind of like blue wavy lines running through it and like the music is slow kind of by like oh, kind of like 10 percent or something so there and then occasionally like in a battle with a lot of guys it can lag a little bit um but like the nes games are just flawless so far um, so I played some Mario. I tr- I played Metroid a little bit, which I died like <laughs> instantly. Practically. Metroid is hard. Yeah, it, all these games are notoriously really hard, you know. And that's why I was like just joking with you when you texted me about it. You're like, should I beat them? Or like, I'm like, come on, dude. If you can <laughs> yeah. beat them, do it. <laughs> yeah, I did spend a little bit of time playing uh, the original Zelda, which uh, was fun, also hard. Um, Last night, because I know, I think in the last episode you mentioned playing uh, Punch Out. Yeah. Uh, and I played that for probably like 30 minutes last night. Oh, so Dude, fun. Yeah, it's like the simplest mechanics, but so fun. Yeah. You know, you're just like like the first guy. I didn't really quite understand how it works, so I was just like punching really fast, and I got like yeah. really tired, and then he just like knocked me out. You know. Yep. But uh, once I kind of figured out like the dodging mechanic. You just dodge, and then like when they overextend, you punch them a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> and so you like gotta get those stars, baby. Yeah, exactly. So that one was really fun. I'll probably play it some more. Um, and you know, like Chrono Trigger is my game right now. Like I'm gonna invest time into it. But after oh, good, I good. after I play it a little bit, I kind of just want to try something else, and so. You know, I played some yeah. Ninja Gaiden. Uh, <laughs> I played, nice. uh, dude, Super Metroid. The Hell start yeah. of that game is crazy. Epic. Yeah, yeah so Super epic, Metroid dude. Is, that, Super Metroid was the first one I played. Yeah, that was actually the first one I did play on SNES, and I was like, this is awesome. But yeah. uh wanted to play some other ones. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, like, a huge library. Like, at first, I found, like, a pack that I started to download, but they were so big. And the way that you, like, transfer games to the RetroPie um, is via Wi-Fi. Yeah. I, th- I think you might be able to do it if you just plug in your SD card, but the file structure looks different when you do that. So I would just was transferring via Wi-Fi and, uh, or Ethernet, you could. Um, and it was taking a really long time to transfer some of them. So then I was like, well, I realized that there's like a hundred Mario games and most of them are probably just mods. So I just picked and choose or chose like some of the main yeah, Su- super Mario world three is like a must. Yeah. I think I did play that one a little bit. It's like the one with the overworld map. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I played that one. So, um, I'm just going to stand up briefly and close my window. Okay.
Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, what was I gonna say? Do you have any um, Do you have any like Sega Genesis titles? Yeah, I downloaded a couple. I downloaded. There, uh, uh, well, so Alia had a Sega Genesis growing up, and so oh, there nice. were there were a couple games she wanted to play. So I downloaded The Lion King and Aladdin for her. And both the, are great. Yeah, dude. The first the first night that I had it, we both played Aladdin, and we like got I think pretty far. Um, we got through like five or six different levels, and uh, dude, I'm amazed at the graphics at the at those games. Oh yeah, well, remember the first game developers conference I watched with that artist? Yeah, he did Aladdin. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, dude, Aladdin looks amazing. Like it yeah. would it would be a good looking indie game today. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Well dude, that's the thing. Like all those games would be. Except back then they were triple A titles, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Um That's the crazy thing. Like all those square games, dude, like Chrono Trigger looks fucking beautiful. Yeah. Final Fantasy Six looks beautiful. And then you get these games like, yeah. Um Lion King I remember playing a lot. Aladdin I played a shit ton. Yeah, like the uh, Aladdin game was really good. Yeah, it's the well. What was funny is I I was playing Aladdin, and like the controls are very good. They're super yeah. responsive, whatever. And then like I went back to uh, uh, after I played Aladdin, I went back to Mario, like the very first Mario on NES, and like the controls felt so different. I died like instantly playing Mario. Because, you know, you, you kind of, like, run around, but you kind of glide or, like, slide a little yeah. bit. Aladdin's, like, the exact opposite, where, like, if you just tap the button, you're going to just move, like, a tiny bit and stop, you know? Um, so it's interesting, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Sega's pretty fucking Yeah, Sega's legit. That, that's what I had back in the day. Um, yeah, I did, too. I, didn't, I, really I never had a it. Super Nintendo until later. Okay. I, I went from Nintendo to Sega. Gotcha. Which, looking back, it's like a Super Nintendo probably would have made more sense for the type of games that I liked because there's like uh, Super Mario or like the Mario RPG, which is like a really good game if you ever want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically a cross between uh, Nintendo's like Mario property and Square, like making a cool RPG. So like the same oh, people cool. who make Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy. Yeah. Um, they make a really cool game, and it's, I think it's just called Super Mario RPG or Mario RPG. Um, nice. And then, and then Paper Mario is like uh, was like one of, like a sequel to that or something, or like a spiritual successor to that. Um, so, like those games in the Chron- Chrono Trigger and uh, Final Fantasies and all that were like the types of games that I went on to like. Yeah. Whereas Sega has a lot of like platformers and fighting games and like just a lot of like actiony type games like that for sure um there's one game though that i played on sega actually there's two games that were freaking still to this day remain one of my favorite games and i think if you can get them on your retro pie you should uh one is called buck rogers of the 21st century i've heard of that or 24th century? I don't know. Let me look up. Buck Rogers Sega game. And that is a must. The opening chapter is really hard. 
It's really hard, but if you can get through it, um, the game is so rewarding. Um, and I don't know if you can see any, if like, if you look it up, you can see like screenshots and stuff yeah, of yeah. it. Uh, oh, not Countdown to Doomsday, I don't think. Oh, maybe it is Countdown to Doomsday. I did see one that said of the 25th century. I think that's what I wanted. Buck Rogers. Oh, <laughs> it looks like the... Garbage? <laughs> it, well, no, I was going to say, like, it looks like uh, Star Wars, dude. But maybe, is that a movie? I think that one's a movie. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Okay, so maybe it's Buck Rogers' Countdown to Doomsday. Gotcha. Um, but regardless, just if you Google Buck Rogers' Sega game, yeah, um, I think it's the only one that's on there. And it's uh, these screenshots look right, dude. It's amazing. Like you level up your team, and it's like a tactics fighter game. You know, like think like XCOM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have this spaceship, and you can get into battles with other spaceships that are like turn-based things, and then you damage them, and then you can board. But like you, when you level up your teammates, dude, like if you're gonna be doing like boarding battles and stuff, like you gotta make sure they got like zero gravity maneuvering as like a, a stat that's le- like they level up, dude. It's amazing. It looks like really all of these. Cool. It's so good. Um, I can't. I cannot recommend that game enough. Nice. Uh, All right, I'll take a look at that. What was the other one? One more. One more. It's called Starflight. One word, maybe. You and all your space games, dude. I love space. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Do. It's. I don't know. It's weird because like me and my brother grew up on all the same games, but uh-huh. he is a. Fan, he's fantasy uh, kind of right yeah he's all fantasy and i somehow like i love fantasy but i became like a fucking science fiction geek um anyway starflight is fucking incredible dude uh you control a spaceship you fly around space every planet in the game is like explorable there are like hundreds of solar systems wow. to go to and you land on it, and uh, they have resources that you mine, which then you take back to the base, and you can sell, and you upgrade your spaceship, you level up your crew. Um, there's, like, pseudo-gravity. Like, if you move your ship and, like, cut thrusters, like, you'll just keep propelling forward, and if you get caught in a planet's gravity thing, like, you'll go into orbit around it or slingshot around it. Um, yeah, dude, looks looks dope. It's It's so amazing. <laughs> It's literally just an exploration like adventure game, and you go around, and the star map itself is huge. I've never explored the whole thing, and in fact, it's like whenever I play, I kind of get stuck into the same routine of like exploring outward in the same way because like I know the map like directly around where you start like pretty well. Yeah. Um. And it's pretty neat, dude. You'll go to a solar system and and you'll leave, and when you come back, like the planets have moved a little bit. Oh, uh, cool. They're like in different positions, um, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people that you encounter, like you might not be able to communicate with very well. Um, yeah, I was just uh, I was just thinking that it reminds me of No Man's Sky, and then I saw this image that says Starflight, the '90s No Man's Sky. <laughs> yeah, that's why you like what? No Man's Sky so much. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, for it's real. Like, in your like blood, I tell everybody dude. this all the time. I'm like, this is the freaking original no man's sky or like i don't know how much you ever played mass effect but like in mass effect 2 uh-huh. when they introduced the mechanic to be able to like explore solar systems and fly your ship around a little bit yeah um that 
like reminded me of Starflight, and I was like, they could do this game like Starflight, and then they released uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is supposed to be like Starflight. (laughs) I haven't played it yet, but uh, me and my friend uh, are going splitsies on it. He bought it. He's going to play it first, and then I'm going to pay him half and take it off his hands. And uh, and it's supposed to be like that. You go to an unexplored galaxy and you explore it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I highly recommend Starflight. Cool. Um, Yeah, I'll check them out. It is. It is addicting, and nice. uh, yeah. So, sorry to waste five minutes literally saying it over and over and over. Starflight is great. Check it out. <laughs> Starflight is great. Check it out. Oh, man, I I mean, like I said, not not coming from that age and like having the experience with these games, I kind of need the recommendations. So obviously, I'm gonna hit like some of the big titles, um, and maybe not beat all of them because I don't know. I want no. I want to spend time doing game dev, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. At least, uh, at least investing a little bit of time and energy to kind of like know our roots, you know. Especially well, if we want to make two D games. Right. Exactly. And the fun thing about it is, though, is it's like it is rewarding, and I think does enrich your life a certain point. Like playing these games and even beating them if you can. Yeah. It, it to me, it feels like reading a book. I get the same level of satisfaction beating a game like Chrono Trigger mm-hmm. as I do from finishing a great book. Yeah. Um. It's and it's a feeling you don't get from playing games like Dota, right? For sure. Or man. playing Counter Strike, like the only feeling you get from that is playing more. Yeah. You know, I need well, to do more. This is a weird thought, but you know, like nowadays where every everyone's connected with Steam or whatever, and like every minute that you play in a game is tracked. Like it's kind of refreshing going back and playing a game where you're like almost off the grid. You know, yeah. you're like, I'm just playing this game because I like it, I, you know, yeah. and I, and I'm not going to be interrupted by anyone. I'm like, I can do it at my own pace. Like everything about that, you know, it just feels kind of nice. And, uh, I wish there was an easier way to like block communication on steam and be able to like play games. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, not that I don't love my friends, but it does get rough. And that's why I actually, I've been really enjoying playing my PlayStation a little bit more. Uh-huh. Uh, recently because it's like I can sit and I got this big old screen and especially like No Man's Sky which everybody hates I fucking love it's just this <laughs> game that I can it's like even though there's apparently thousands of other players in this world like I can pretty much count on the fact like I'm never going to run into one Yeah. and there's something that it feels really cool about that like yeah. you're leaving these little trails behind like somebody's going to find a base that I built and like left behind Oh yeah. Man. and um, you know and but I've already moved on to the next thing, and it's like this weird lonely thing, and that's why I like playing single player games a lot too. Like Morrowind is great, like that. Fallout Four, I I've been pl- I played a lot of Fallout Four, and I I put it in the other day, and was just like blown away. I forgot how fun it was. Um, Which, by the way, it's on sale right now for twenty bucks. Nice. I own it, so well, I recommend you to play it if yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of games that I, you know want to play and need to play my library and steam just keeps growing and i keep not touching any of them so <laughs> yeah I don't you know, know it's interesting it's interesting because I, I love the fact that you're kind of getting into the retro pie thing you know even if it's just like for research basically you know well see, but it's it, cool because i think it's a good reset for you yeah oh it uh, totally because is because you, you you know you are a pc gamer through and through but there came a moment in your life where you were like, I just, I got to like cut back or I got to do whatever. Yeah. And it, and it, you kind of like lose something and not saying it's a bad thing, but you 
like the fact that you have to like deny yourself these things because of like well whatever reason it might be like it's it, it's a different feeling to be able to sit on a couch or on your bed and you're still able to like kind of interact with the room around you yeah a little bit like you still exist in a room whereas like when you're playing PC like you don't yeah you're just like all consumed by you yeah know, your desk and you're right up in your screen you know yeah. it's like you, you well, look outside and all of a sudden it's dark and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's been kind of fun too because you know i i have it in our t- our bedroom like on the tv in our bedroom and like normally when we go to bed like we watch the show or, and then like you know i might read or alia plays like two dots or whatever and now it's kind of like hey, I'm going to play some Chrono Trigger and Allie's like, oh, cool, like, I want to watch, you know? Nice. And so it's, like, kind of bonding that way over this, like, old school game, um, you know? And, and like yeah. you were saying, it, it doesn't feel nearly as bad because I am analyzing it from a game developer standpoint. Like, I'm looking right. at the walk animations and, like, you know, the, the uh, battle system and everything... And uh, what's amazing to me, I I just want to mention this because I love Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley reminds me so much of Chrono Trigger now that I played it. Like, not in the mechanics, but, like, the music is very similar. Yeah. I cannot believe how close the style is. Like, the art style. Like, I (laughs) I swear, Concerned Ape, dude, guy was probably playing these SNES games for... The whole time he was making Stardew Valley, or like those maybe his just favorite grew up, games. Yeah, he just grew up on it, dude. You know, it's like if he's—I don't know how old he concerned Ape is, but um, but like take anybody in like my brother's generation, yeah, which is just slightly older than us. Uh-huh. They were of the age where these games were coming out, and they weren't kids, right? You know, like my brother was twelve uh, or thirteen when uh, Chrono. Uh, trigger came out yeah you know and then uh he goes on a little further and a few years later like chrono cross comes out and final fantasy 6 was great but then final fantasy 7 comes out and all these other games and so these people like grow up just like attached to the franchise yeah whereas like my introduction to those things was a little later like obviously i watched my brother play the games a lot um and you know the lasting impression uh, was always like the music and stuff for me because the music is freaking beautiful. Yeah, dude. And the art style, the art style for all these games is beautiful. Um, but then I got to play them later, you know, and enjoyed them from a different facet. But it is, uh, I don't know, it's just. Uh, yeah. It's cool. I, I mean, I, that's re- the beauty of the Square games is like, I think the art, the music and the art is, so, it, it does like really stand on its own enough mm-hmm. that it, you know, it sticks out in your mind. Yeah. Well, and also like playing these games, the the systems and everything are much simpler, and yeah. it it feels good though. It's like simple yeah. in a good way, but like thinking about it in our from our lens makes me feel like making a game like that, like it can still be good, but it also is easier to make potentially. You know? Yeah. So it's really inspiring. I'm really happy that I spent the week doing that. So good. Good challenge, Rhett. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad <laughs> you took to it with such gusto. Yeah, man. 
How'd you do on your challenge? I failed. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I know you had a crazy week, so. Yeah, work, I just, work the past couple of weeks has just been like round the clock, pretty much, not round the clock, but I've just been working all day, coming home, going to bed, working all day, coming home, going to bed. Um, yeah, for real, man. So hopefully things slow down a little bit for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I will encourage you to keep with it because this week uh, I did have a chance to work on. I did your challenge for you. How about that? Good. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> you got both challenges. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, team win this week. Um, yeah, I I got like halfway through the Brick Breaker uh, course or section of the Udemy course. And uh, God, man, just reminds me how much I love this course. Like we haven't, yeah. we haven't been on it for a while, but like the instructors are so good. They're really good at explaining things. I like the way that they, you know, sometimes will purposefully lead you in the wrong direction so that they can just teach you something, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just learning a lot from it. So I'm going to keep, keep trying to push through, do a, do some work every week, every, hopefully every day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm, I'm ready to commit back to this. Uh, it's been crazy week and, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of work got yeah. done, but not, not fulfilling work, sure. but hopefully that'll change. Uh, today, supposedly things will slow down for me a little bit after today. So hopefully this weekend I'll be able to get in on there and next week I'll be able to get in and start doing that again just having a little bit more time at home for me to do it it's like it's really good you know and the and the problem is is like when i get off late you know it's like bailey's home and all this stuff so it's like i don't necessarily have time to myself to do you know just study up on stuff unless she's doing homework or, or something but uh, this last week she didn't really have much uh homework either so it's like when i'm off work and i got an hour before bed you know spending time with her before going to bed or whatever so yeah um I'm I'm ready to hop back in though. Yeah, man. Um, well, especially after after last week, um, we finished re- recording our podcast episode and then we dove into the iceberg game and we finished. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> yeah. did. That was like one of the best feelings we've had. Um, yeah, for since sure. We I'm the excited podcast. to. I, I was like super excited. It's weird because like we actually didn't really do that much. Like yeah. we literally were like, all right, let's finish this. Yeah. And we added the music and made the animations <laughs> the right length. And that was it pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think last week we said we were like 90 to 95% done. And I think we were spot on. Cause yeah, yeah all we did was basically take your music, add it to the game. And then we like played through it once and it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So, um, and I'm super happy to have that done. And I, a lot of people like I've talked to about it, like they totally get it. They're like, oh, I see, you know, yeah, They're like that's a clever idea. Right. Way to think outside the box, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And I, so. I like our tagline. So we put it up on itch.io. Um, you could find it on itch.io. Let me pull it up so I can get you the link, which actually we'll link to the show notes. But we put up on itch.io, and I think our tagline is something like, uh, we call it Iceberg. And we said, like, Iceberg, the only game meant not to be played, you know, <laughs> which is true. And if you look at, like, our stats, uh, we have, like, close to 50 people that looked at it and only, like, 11 people that played it. So maybe they're like, <laughs> they're like oh, I guess we shouldn't play this. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, you can get to it by going to gamedevsquest.itch.io forward slash iceberg. We'll link to it in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. Um, but yeah, it was a really rewarding feeling. Like the game itself, as we've already talked about, is not that crazy. It's not really no. that fun or anything. But just to go through and say we started this thing and we completed it felt yeah. amazing. And then not only that, like, you know, we had most of the game done last week and I had kind of watched it play through a little bit, whatever. And it was cool. But like adding Rhett's music in there did so much for it. Like when we did a full playthrough of it, dude, like at times, like I was getting the chills because like, (laughs) especially because your music really does bring out the emotions and whatever that we were going for, you know? Like, at first, you're kind of, like, innocent. You don't really know what's going on, and the music, like, reflects that. And then by the end, dude, it's, like, this gothic, like, you know, what have you done? Like, you've killed this iceberg kind of thing. And and, straight-up gothic funeral dirge. Yeah, dude. And so it really reflects that. And I think, like, uh, we did have a comment from Jago, who I'll talk about in a second, uh, who basically said, like, he couldn't stop looking at it, and he loves the music and i think people who actually do play it all the way through will will get that same vibe they'll even though the game is not really a game it's like an anti-game they'll get that same hopefully feeling from the music so i just felt like it was really cool and um inspiring to say we've completed one project you know that that was what we set out to do at the start and i mean itch itch.io isn't an app store but we've still released it somewhere. So yeah, we're, if we don't release anything on an, on an app store, at least we can look back and say, we did that thing, you know? Well, so. it's kind of an app store. Like what does app store mean? Cause there's games for sale up there, you know? True. Yeah. True. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, but at the same time, like I think a little bit of leniency and the interpretation of like the exact goal is not a bad thing. I mean, I yeah. still would love to put something up on, you know, Google play or whatever, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we've failed necessarily just because we haven't yet. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that was really exciting. I got kind of inspired after that. Um, and yeah, dude, like just now, like pushing through with unity has been a lot of fun. Like that project, especially, um, made us dive into the animation system. And I feel like I've learned a lot about the animation system. Um, in fact, I didn't talk about this last week, but I might as well talk about it now since, since we're on the topic. Um, yeah. I was uh, talking a little while ago about being inspired to make kind of like a historical, like tactical battle kind of game. And so last week, um, or maybe it was the previous week, um, I ended up kind of doing some pixel art with World War II guys, uh, like soldiers. And I made this uh, World War II pixel art uh, soldier, American soldier with like a Tommy gun, Thompson machine gun. And, uh, you know, I liked how he looked. It was pretty simple. Um, But I decided to try and do, like, animate him. So I have, like, an animation of him, like, aiming, an animation of him shooting a gun. And then I completed a walk cycle, which doesn't look great but it doesn't look half bad 
Um, so once I did that, I was inspired since I feel like I know enough about the animation system to try and make him controllable. Um, and I was able to do it, which felt also really amazing. Um, I have basically a unity project where, um, all it is is a ground. Um, and then the, um, soldier and I, you know, I wrote a little script that changes the animation states depending on what you press to run uh, one way or the other. And if you click the left mouse button, he changes to firing the, the gun. Um, so that was like, when I did that, it just felt like such a breakthrough. You know, now we can control a character in a video game. Yeah. And it looks so fucking good, too, dude. Like, I was watching that over and over. You texted me, you're like, hey, take a look at it, man. I made a breakthrough. And I was like, all right, cool. So I, like, looked at him, like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) dude, it looks so dope. And what's what's weirder, though, is I went back and looked at it later, and I had, like, totally, just based on how, like, good the animations looked, like, I had totally interjected, like, stuff in my memory of, like, like, I had this memory of the character jumping for some reason. (laughs) And like doing all this crazy shit, and it's because your fluid, your animations look like so fluid that I just thought that like you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just interjected my own little memory in with it. Yeah. And I, Thanks, man. And just going back and seeing it, man, it's like so fluid. It looks so cool. Like, I mean, I could imagine that being in a game. Like, it looked really good. So. Well, yeah. Like, um, you know, like I, I feel like I might have more time than you. Um, so I, I don't want to like not include you on things, but I was just kind of testing it. And then once I got it, I'm like, this could be a simple game. So I started, I started uh, drawing up like a German soldier. And my thought was that, well, now that I have like this kind of pseudo level with my American soldier in the middle, you know, maybe the, the game would be just something simple where, you know, I start spawning like German soldiers. Sorry, German people. I'll, I'll say Nazis. Uh, you know, spawning Nazis like go on either edge of the screen, and then just kind of like a wave. You know, wave, or maybe I can make them zombies or something. Like waves that you're just firing on and like shooting those guys. You know, mm-hmm. and then that's that's it. You just try not to get overrun. Like, wouldn't be that crazy, but be kind of cool to be able to do you know oh yeah uh no that'd be really cool so i've been playing around with that idea in my head um and i do want to point out like i learned a lot about the animation system just by playing with it and even with this um like i did write a script with it but the script itself is like fairly basic um if actually you know we should get back to posting our code i'll uh i'll make sure to post my code like put it up in github and uh, i'll post my character controller script so that you guys can see it um, cool in case you want to try it out yourselves and it's probably not you know the exact best but maybe it'll help you guys get started another thing that really helped me um, it's kind of an old video but i found this uh unity tutorial called 2d character controllers um put out by unity and it covers like everything that I needed, basically. Um, it talks about, you know, 
having a sprite strip, creating an animation out of the sprite strip, um, you know, actually changing animation states uh, with a script and with parameters. And it also talks about this really cool thing, which I don't fully understand, um, but seems really handy. It's called a blend tree. And basically the, the guy in the video, he has like a sprite strip for jumping. And he has like this little kind of like robot character. And the sprite strip shows like, you know, just a, a full jump animation. And he creates a blend tree out of that. And basically what the blend tree does is it allows you to kind of like transition from any kind of state into any given point in that jump animation. Um, so like if you're falling and you only have like a certain amount of velocity or speed like running, like it might jump ahead to partway through the animation uh, and complete, you know, only half of it or something. And what it ends up doing is it makes it just look much more fluid. Like it doesn't always have to start from the beginning of the jump. It can start like in the middle or towards the end or whatever. All right. To kind of like make it look more fluid. And uh, it was awesome. I haven't played with it at all, but like he demonstrates how it looks and it looks great, dude. Like if we ever get into something like we start doing a 2D platformer, we should definitely use a blend tree and, and watch this tutorial. Um, so I, I put a link in the show notes here for this YouTube or this uh, Unity tutorial. If you guys are trying to figure out how to control a 2D character in Unity, like hands down use this thing because I, I I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like bits and pieces of it um, since like I had un already figured out how to do some of like the sprite strip stuff. But mm -hmm. man, he covers literally everything you would need in about an hour. So highly recommend that. Um, anyways, sorry, I just kind of like went off on that, but no. Um, so anyways, that was like pretty cool, a really good feeling. I just felt really powerful. <laughs> right? uh, and it made me feel like, you know, maybe the next game jam we do, we create a character and it, maybe it's just one level of like a 2D side scroller or something, but we can That'd do be it. That'd really badass. You know? Yeah. So... Something to think about and talk about for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude, now I, I'm really excited to like, hit the Unity stuff again. I know. Yeah, we should definitely keep going on our course because I'm doing some cool stuff with the the uh, Brick Breaker or whatever. Um, uh -huh. that, that also is just really cool. So, And in fact, uh, you know, Udemy was, I think they're still having their sale where every course is $10. Like I've I've been so tempted this week to just buy more because I'm like so jacked <laughs> on Unity right now. But yeah. uh, anyways, we might have to look at that and consider it. <laughs> anyways, um, what else we got? I did want to shout out Jago. I already talked about him a little bit, but uh, man, I just felt really really inspired and like thankful this week because um, we had a stream up a couple weeks ago where we were doing work on our iceberg game 
And I don't know what he went by on Twitch, but he reached out to us on Twitter, Jago, um, and uh, just was like chatting us up. I was talking to him a couple days in a row just about like his progress, like what he's interested in, where he's from, all that kind of stuff. And it was just cool, like building a relationship with him and like, you know, he, he was just talking about how cool what we're, you know, cool it is that we're doing this and like uh, being inspired by us. And he even like uh, made us a couple of pixel art animations, which I don't know if you saw, but they were, they were pretty like pretty cool. Part, some of them reminded me of like the Dark Tower, just kind of off the wall stuff. But nice. it was uh, it was just fun seeing that. So if you're listening, Jago, we appreciate you, man. Keep listening keep hitting us up we love having you around so i mean that's the whole point of the podcast is like learning about game dev and creating a community so you're like one of the one of the first to hang out with us so we appreciate you man anyways your turn to talk right i've been going for like 30 minutes (laughs) fucking trooper bro Mm -hmm. what do you what do you want me to talk about man um well what else we got I mean, I can talk. I can keep talking. I got some more stuff I wanted to talk about. I, I bought a motorcycle. Okay, your yeah. turn. <laughs> you want to talk about it? No. All right. <laughs> no, I'll I'll just say briefly. Uh, yeah, I've never ridden a motorcycle. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm kind of like a you know very like pretty overly cautious guy. Like, I mean, I'm never uh, definitely not like. I don't know, a square by any means. And I'm not you're afraid not to a... like bend the rules. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if you're as cautious as me because I don't do anything that's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Um... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a square with like the slight, most slight rounded corners that there is, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, it's not true, Taylor. All right, whatever. You're a baller. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess, like, to say a, a square is not the right word. Like I said, I'm not a square, but I am pretty cautious. Like, I don't engage in, like, uh, overtly risky behavior very much. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what I'm saying. But uh, getting a motorcycle is, like, the last thing I think a lot of people expected me to do. Um, like even, I don't know. I was like talking to other family members about it and they're like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I've never ridden one before, but, uh, it was just uh, the situation and the happenstance about it. It's all just like too, too good to pass up. I mean, I was going to buy this motorcycle on Craigslist and, and I came home and my father-in-law had actually bought it. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. That's like the <laughs> most random thing. When you told me that, I thought you were going to say he bought it and was just going to give it to you like he bought it as like a surprise for you or something but uh no, that'd be cool but no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he had bought it he's like check out my new motorcycle man like uh, i bought this off craigslist i'm like what the hell i was gonna <laughs> buy that and some they told me some asshole bought it and he's like that asshole was me <laughs> um so uh, he did some work on it and he was gonna sell it on craigslist and i had like talked myself out of it but then he uh, he was going to sell it on Craigslist and he got an offer for it. And he kind of was like, well, would you want to buy it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing that. That's cool, man. I, yeah, I, uh, I'm not really interested in having a motorcycle, but I am interested in the gas mileage. Uh, 
but it doesn't really like it's kind of random that you did that but i'm not like like crazy surprised by it you know so, <laughs> i don't yeah, know well, i feel like you're the kind of guy who would like buy a leather jacket and now now you finally have like this this chance to be like now i have my leather jacket and my motorcycle you know <laughs> like well it's true i've always wanted to buy a leather jacket but i was i was spared from having to pick one and like buy one uh i i was granted bailey's grandfather's leather jacket Ooh, that's even um, cooler dude i know dude it's so badass and the cool thing about it too is like it's funny because john blatchford hit it on the head and I, I love wearing this jacket it's pretty heavy but um so i don't wear it in the summer or anything like that but uh john was like he's like i can't tell if this is like you know because it's kind of like it's like a kind of like a bomber jacket except it doesn't have like the fur lining yeah like you know uh-huh. um and john john blashford is just like the cool thing about this jacket is i can't tell if it's a cool jacket from the 80s or if he like was using this shit like riding a motorcycle like you know in the 50s or whatever or 40s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i was like i know right it's kind of has like that timeless look to it so i don't yeah. know but i do like leather jackets and That's i got one so see, there you go. um but yeah i don't know man i i uh there's something about like i guess a good way of describing the behavior of myself that i was talking about is like i don't drive recklessly at all um but like i like driving fast yeah if I was if say, ever the, except the, when you what? were coming home from my house going 90 <laughs> yeah but see that's not necessarily unsafe because the road was clear and yeah. it was a straightaway you know what i mean like yeah. I don't know. I guess if something happened, like my car had a catastrophic failure or something, then yeah. But, but uh, I mean, I like driving fast, but I would never ever like go ninety on a windy road. Yeah. I would never tightly corner a blind corner. Yeah. Um, like I just believe, like I believe in like fully being prepared, and that includes like managing my risk factor. And, like, it's fun to drive fast. I don't know if you get that, like, feeling. I mean, it's fun to, like, see how fast your car can go sometimes, <laughs> especially on a nice day. Uh, but I don't I, – I I mean, I never speed in the cities, really. I don't fucking uh, run lights unless it's for work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, you have, you're, like, saying all these things and then you have your little caveat, whereas I, like – I go like 67 in the right lane, like at all times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, uh, did you move your mic away from your mouth? Oh, is it quiet? Yeah, there, maybe that's better. Hopefully your recording isn't all fucked up. Yeah. Um, My bad. No, it's cool. I just was having a hard time hearing you. But yeah, I don't know. I would never go skydiving. Except I have been sort of toying with the idea of, like, overcoming my fear of that. Um, (laughs) See, there's your caveat. I would never go skydiving except for I think I maybe will. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a strange – and I wish I could could put my finger on it. But sometime in the last year, like sometime during 2016, I started asking myself the question, why not? To almost everything, why not? Um – and if I can't come up with a good answer for it, then it's like, yeah, why shouldn't I try that once, you know? <laughs> That's why when we were at freaking whatever Meiji 
you know, yeah. the restaurant the other night. Yeah. I was like going to eat the fermented squid guts. Right. Because <laughs> uh, like I couldn't come up with a reason not to. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We have Trump as a president, right? Well, maybe <laughs> that's part of it, dude. Maybe I just watched this rise of like whatever. And I'm like, well, we only got so much left to live on this <laughs> earth before it erupts into a fireball, a nuclear fireball. Oh, so geez. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. And maybe Guatemala was part of it. But I think Guatemala, even before I went there, I asked myself, why not? Which is why I agreed to go to Guatemala. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. And, like, I used to have, like, no interest in flying or anything like that. But, like, lately, I've been, like, almost calling John Finkley up several times to see if he would take me up in his plane. Like, I would, I, I kind of have this weird vibe where I'm like, I should learn to fly. <laughs> Dude, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. And John I would definitely to do it, too. Yeah, for sure. Well, he's a certified flight instructor. He's a really talented guy, and he flies all the time. And he's offered to take me up. I've just never taken him up on it because I'm kind of have a fear of it. You know, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, flying. Makes I kind of have a, a fear uneasy. of motorcycles too. But what? I said flying makes me uneasy, which is stupid because it's like the safest way of traveling. I just think that like if you get in a plane crash, you're pretty much dead. You know? Yeah, it's horrific, dude. Yeah. Watch the movie The Gray. Ugh. Like. That's the movie that put the fear of flying into me. Dude, Not watch, because I'm watch any movie. Watch Castaway. God, Castaway. Oh, Before Jesus. we went to Fiji, we we which is where parts of Castaway was filmed. We watched Castaway, and I was like, "Why did I watch that movie? Like, I am so <laughs> terrified of flying. Like, ugh." Yeah. Well, that's so crazy because I don't or know. Flight it, isn't that the Denzel Washington movie? Flight, dude. I haven't seen that one yet. It, it's one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. I don't recommend oh, it, Jesus. but uh, yeah. Okay, I won't. <laughs> it's it's interesting because, uh, yeah, wait, what the hell was I going to say? Yeah, Castaway. Uh, yeah, well, the great. I'm not necessarily afraid of flying, but I have no interest in the fear that I will feel when I know that a plane crash is imminent. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> well, that's like... But, I, dude, like... Taylor, I, what? You, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, no, to interrupt. no, no, no. Uh, you go. But you're you're into stoicism, bro. Like, know, isn't part true. of the philosophy of stoicism like not opting out of behavior or activity based on fear of pain? Yeah, it like, is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're gonna die like in a plane crash, well, nothing you can do about it. So why worry about it? Yeah, yeah that's pretty much I think what they would say. Like, yeah. don't live your life based around fear because like then you're just going to limit yourself yeah i think like it's like two-sided right it's like don't only live your life based on like desire for pleasure or fear of pain right yeah definitely i don't know there's a lot that go into it yeah i mean i've only read like a couple books about stoicism i couldn't quote everything exactly but yeah like stay calm like don't worry about the things you can't control, you know? See, and part of it to me too, stoicism is interesting. Cause I think it, it kind of like ties into like a, a little bit of like the Buddhist philosophies that I've been finding so interesting, interesting where it's like, like to me anyways, I always feel like I'd be a lot happier if I wasn't. So, um, like, I mean, I feel like I have a lot of willpower, but then there's a lot of things I do just because, you know, like I eat fatty foods and, 
sweets and stuff like that because it's like they taste good and i feel like sometimes in those regards like i have no self-control but i mean obviously if i apply self-control then i have it and i i can change my eating habits like cold turkey i've proven that to myself but (laughs) you, you know it's like those sorts of things um where it's like i feel like i'd be happier uh, yeah, like I feel like I could be happy just like eating rice, you know, like yeah. controlling my body, like exercising full mindfulness and full like control over like my urges and body and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's stoicism, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Shit no, about dude. It. I mean, yeah. If you ever want to learn about stoicism, uh, anything by Ryan Holiday is good. Uh, read read uh, Obstacle is the Way, dude. That book is great. It's short. Sure. Uh, or another one is uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. It's a little more. I've read cryptic, part of Meditations, but, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Anyway, got Anyways. a little off topic there. Yeah. But that's why I have a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well, cool. Um, well, one one other thing I wanted to mention, um, which is funny, uh, I heard about. I was listening to a Gam Keto episode. And uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with what a design pattern is in programming? Like, no. It, it's like they don't typically teach it when you first start learning programming because, like, you're just learning syntax and like basic concepts. But a design pattern is basically like a way of approaching like common software engineering issues. It's kind of like an uh, how you might architect your software. Um, to deal with a problem that has, you know, existed for, you know, all the time that we've been computing or whatever, you know? Right. And so a design pattern is just like a kind of like a book of best practices, right? So uh, I was listening to a Gamkito podcast episode where I can't even remember what it was about, but one of the guys recommended there's a website um, called gameprogrammingpatterns.com and it's basically this guy who is a software engineer who writes um, he wrote like an online book you get a pdf ebook or you can just read it on the web which i'm doing for free Uh, and it's basically like design patterns that most apply to game development and uh, it's really cool Um, it's a little bit advanced um but he talks about a lot of interesting stuff like um one of the first first uh design patterns he talks about is called command and basically he talks about how you can kind of um make your game controls uh abstract so that your player can configure them more easily you know like like right. in Unity, you might like check to see if a player hits like spacebar to jump, right? And you would explicitly check for the spacebar. Well, he talks about a way where you can um, make that generic so that it's any key that uh, the the game or the uh, the player wants to use as the jump key. Like maybe they want E. Well, the way that you should design it is so that it doesn't matter what the exact key is. It just actually, uh, you have like a controller that can be sent any 
any kind of jump command and it knows what to do, right? Oh. It's weird. It's it's hard to exactly explain or talk about, but uh, this book is cool. It's really helpful. And, you know, like one of the struggles that I have is that I've been programming a while and I've read like a bunch of books and articles about like programming. And the problem that I run into is that I am rereading the same concepts over and over and over, you know, like you start a book and it always says like, well, this is what a variable is. And this is what like a for loop (laughs) is. And then you get like 200 pages deep and you haven't even like gotten out of that stuff. Um, And so like, it's cool finding this resource where it can talk about these common problems that it's like higher level programming kind of stuff, you know? And especially since it's like focused on game development, it talks about all kinds of common problems we would see as game programmers and gives you kind of a formula or like a template for how you can program to solve those issues, you know? So it's really cool. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, It might be interesting too, even if you aren't familiar with um, programming as much, just to see what kind of topics he discusses, you know, what kind of common problems there are in, in game programming so that you can kind of, you know, prep your mind for when you hit that, you know? So yeah. what was funny too was that um, in the Udemy course, uh, he talks about a singleton pattern, which is another um, design pattern. And uh, he mentions this website gameprogrammingpatterns.com so i was like oh dang like this must be cool. pretty reputable you know so anyway fine yeah, yeah i'll have to check that out yeah we'll link it in the show notes um yeah cool man well we're we're getting about the time to wrap up there was a couple other little things i mentioned that we might talk about but we can skip those yeah i think we we had a pretty solid episode here um, I mean, if you want to, if you want to mention them, go right ahead. Otherwise, uh, we can save them for next time or, um, we yeah. can just include a little mention in the show notes or whatever. Yeah, for real. Um, well, I, I listened to a good episode this week of game dev unchained, which I've mentioned several times. Um, but that, that podcast is legit. You guys should check it out. There's an episode, um, focused around the game Oralux, um, which is like a mobile game you can get for your phone. Um, and, Basically, the backstory is that the developer was in college when he started developing it and, uh, you know, was just kind of doing it for fun and it ended up being like a a hit, basically. And so getting this guy's perspective is really cool. He's, you know, works by himself for the most part um, and just kind of went from the ground up. And now he's like successfully uh, an indie developer, you know, by himself. So, you know, five years later, he's still doing it. Um, so I recommend checking out that episode. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's the episode like with Oralux in it. So check that out. Um, yeah, otherwise, I think we're good. Cool, man. Well, um, thanks for freaking podcasting with me again, man. This uh, is always a fun time getting caught up and talking about games and game dev. Um, so we hope that you, listener, not you, Taylor, not you. <laughs> Uh, we hope you had a good time and uh, we hope you come back. We took you straight to the prancing pony and, uh, <laughs> we're going to send you back. Buckleberry fairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, you guys can always tweet at us. We really, really are interested in and in building a community and fostering interest with uh, with people who uh, don't know what they're doing and people who do know what they're doing. Um, For sure. Either way. Uh, so we're at uh, Game Devs Quest at Game Devs Quest on Twitter. You can email us. We're gdq at airpodcast dot com. And uh, we do have a phone number. We hardly ever talk about it, but uh, it's it's suitable for all the podcasts. Uh, it's six five seven triple eight three eight three five. You just call. Make sure you tell and you know leave a message. Tell uh, the nice man that you're leaving a message for Game Devs Quest. And you know if we really like what you have to say, uh, we might play it on the air. Otherwise, we might just answer your question on the air or talk about it or whatever it might be. Um, so have at that if you want. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to on uh, to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Love seeing yeah, who's we, actually listening. Yeah, we haven't talked about it much. I know maybe in the last few episodes, but uh, uh, subscriptions and ratings and reviews are the currency of podcasts. So we would really encourage you, if you're a podcast fan, to go out, pick your favorite podcast this week and rate, review, subscribe to it, um, or just rate and review it, uh, even if it's not us. Uh, go out and do that for your favorite one if you haven't done it yet. For real. Um, because we'd appreciate it. They'd appreciate it. And it's just one of those things. Like, it helps kind of, like, spread the word, you know? Like, you go and tell all of your friends about our podcast or your favorite podcast, whether it's Crit Juice or uh, uh, Duel of Taints. Hardcore History. <laughs> Game Dev Unchained, Gam Keto, Game Dev's Quest. Any of those. Go out. <laughs> pick your favorite. Um and do it. We'll thank you from the bottom of our hearts. For real. Awesome. Well, right. uh, well, good episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Cue that music. Yeah.